Our scripture reading is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen that which is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Mercy. And uh, if you can keep the passage open um, to Luke chapter 10, we'll go through it together. But let's pray that God will speak to us today. Lord, there's so many things in life that distract us from knowing you and being loved by you. And Lord, we pray now that you would um, fill us with your spirit and give us eyes and minds and hearts that are not just open, but that are focused on you, that we might learn from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder what distracts you the most. What sort of things distract you? We're some of the most distracted people in history. I mean, we have these things, gadgets, phones, computers, and all these things around us that should help us in our work efficiency. But actually, often, they're really counterproductive, aren't they? On average, apparently, people touch their phones 2,617 times a day. 2,617 times. ADHD, the diagnosis for ADHD, is shooting up. We start one thing, but often we can't concentrate on that thing, and we go down the rabbit hole of different things before coming back hours later. We are easily distracted, and good things distract us too, and we see it in the story today. The series began in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, when Jesus resolutely set out to go to Jerusalem. He's going to go to Jerusalem to die on the cross for us. And along the way to Jerusalem, Jesus teaches his his disciples what it means to follow him. What it means to follow him. Jesus told us to count the cost. That there is a cost to following Jesus. That we need to prioritize him. That that we have a mission to go out. To go out as ambassadors and as heralds of Christ. And we need to go out. And along the way, he will teach us many more things things. But today, what he teaches today, this one, what he teaches today is essential. This one is the most basic. If we get this right, this one right, everything else will fall into their right places. Being a disciple means coming to Jesus, knowing that we need him, that we need to listen to him. This one is essential. This one is the basic thing that we need to get, and I hope you will get that today. Well, Martha, 
you know the story. Martha was, it seems like Martha was the alpha type because we know that Martha had siblings, right? Martha had Mary and Lazarus in uh, their house together, but this is not their home. Verse 38, a woman named Martha opened her home to Jesus to the disciples. It's her home. She's the host. She's the one taking the action and inviting Jesus and the disciples come into her home. She is a disciple of Jesus. I mean, last week we heard how Jesus sent out 72 into these villages, and he said to them, stay in the homes that welcome you and they pro- the, uh, who provide hospitality. Well, Martha is doing that. She's in team Jesus. She wants to follow Jesus. She wants to honor Jesus. And so she opened up her home and welcomed Jesus and the disciples into her home. I mean, and you would go all out. Right? She was going all out in trying to be hospitable to this Lord and to these disciples. And you would do that too, wouldn't you? It's not just Jesus that's coming. It's the 12, the original 12, the famous ones, Peter, John, John and James, and others. Uh, wouldn't you clean your house? Wouldn't you mop them? Wouldn't you uh, get everything ready? Wouldn't you go shopping um, And wouldn't you make sure that they had the finest wine and cheese uh, in stock? So, you know, Jesus doesn't have to do that embarrassing miracle that he had to do in another place. And I'm sure I would enlist everyone to help, to clean and host. And if I saw Mary, my wife, sitting there not doing anything, of of course, of course, I mean, in in real life, it'd be me sitting and not doing anything. She'd be the the one doing everything. But if the, the roles were reversed, I would be really angry that she's not helping to serve our Lord and the 12 disciples there. So I would be mad. And Martha, of course, was mad. Mary, her sister, wasn't helping. Instead, she was sitting by the feet of Jesus, having a good old time. But uh, let me just pause and look at this. This was revolutionary, that Martha, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. I mean, even now, when we host people, I'm often in the living room chatting with the guests while Mary you know, is in the kitchen, and she's preparing all sorts of... I mean, back then, 2,000 years ago, in this Middle Eastern uh, a place, this was much more so. Women's place was in the kitchen, and men's place was in the living room with the disciples and the guests. You see, Mary was invading that male space, and this sitting at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, th- I mean, this is how Paul describes his relationship with his rabbi, Gamaliel. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel because he was Gamaliel's disciple. You see, Mary is acting like a a, a disciple of Jesus, and Jesus is treating Mary as a disciple of him. He's teaching Mary um, as he would any other disciple. But Martha does not find this amazing. She doesn't find this amazing at all, because even though this thing began about serving Jesus, it, it, it has turned into something about her. You see, Mary's not helping her in doing all the things that needed to be done. You see, it, it's the, this thing has become about her. Martha started out with good intentions. You know, um, as a good follower of Christ, she wanted to welcome him and serve him and honor him and help him in his ministry. It started out being about Jesus, but she got 
distracted. Actually, these are not my words. These are Luke's words. Martha was distracted by all the preparation. She got distracted. It's not, no longer about Jesus and serving him. It's, she got distracted by all the things that she had to do, and now it's about her. She got distracted by the serving. She got distracted by Mary not helping her. So she's angry at Mary. And she was also annoyed at Jesus, too. I don't know if you picked that up. She's annoyed at Jesus. And this is the place where we can see that it's clearly not about Jesus anymore. It's about her. Because what does she do? She interrupts Jesus in whatever he's doing for him to address her problem. Right? Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do everything? Tell her to help me. Now it's about her. She needs Jesus to help her. I don't know about you. But I have a very easy time relating to this whole story because this happens to me almost every Sunday morning. I start out with good intentions. You know, I want everything on Sundays to go right so that we can honor and serve Jesus. We can listen to him and learn from him and all these things. But sometimes I get distracted by all the tasks of Sunday morning. And the, no, the reason why I know that I get distracted is because when things go wrong, I get really annoyed. When people come late, or the music is not quite right, or the sound mixing isn't, you know, and things just, the slides are not right, or the clicker or whatever, um, I get really annoyed because it's now I'm being distracted by these other things. It's no longer about Jesus. It's about the, the doing these things right. I'm losing focus. And not only annoyed, sometimes I just get downright angry. And if you've caught me in one of these moods, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It starts out with good intentions, but I get distracted by the things and how they sometimes reflect on me, right? If everything goes right, then I'm a good pastor. If things go wrong, well, I should have managed things better. It's turned, it started out with good intentions, but it's become about me, and full-time church ministry is full of people, full of Marthas, people who start out with good intentions, but the tasks themselves become the end, and it's no longer about serving Jesus. It's no longer about honoring Jesus. It's just doing these things right so that they reflect good um, on me, on us. But please don't think that you're off the hook because you are not in full-time ministry, because I'm sure this happens to you as well. Whether you're a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor or a, a domestic helper or whatever your job is, don't you want to honor Jesus? Isn't that part of your intention? You know, maybe it's the main thing. You want to honor Jesus and serve Christ in your workplace, and that is your intention. That's why you went into teaching, and that's why you went into your industries to be salt and light, to honor God in your jobs. But don't you get distracted. Don't you get distracted. Doing a good job in your job, in and of themselves, become the end. And you get so annoyed and angry when things are not going right and you lose sight of the fact that you want to serve Christ, that this is about Christ, honoring Him and serving Him. Status, money, you know, the deals that you make and, and the relationships that you have, those things distract you from serving Christ and they become the main thing 
that, uh, that, that um, uh, controls uh, how you feel day to day because we get distracted. We do this with children too. We want to raise our children and we say the main thing that we want to do is for them to come to know Christ and love Christ and serve Him all throughout their life. But then we get distracted. We get distracted by their grades, extracurricular activities, which school they get into, or whatever. And they become the main things. And we lose focus that we want to honor Christ. We want them to grow up knowing Him and loving Him. Church, don't lose sight. What Martha was doing was good. We want to serve and honor Christ with our life. We want our children to grow up knowing and serving Christ. Those are good things, but don't be distracted by all the things um, in the peripheries. But if you, do, if you are asking, if you're thinking to yourself, well, how can I do that? How can I not become distracted? Well, the answer is in the text. The key is in what Mary was doing. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from you, from her. You see, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, and that is the essential thing. That is the main thing. You know, all these other doings, they're good and they're important, but without this essential thing, you will be distracted. Without these essential things, you will not be a follower of Jesus in whatever you are doing. You need to get this right. And when you get this right, everything else will fall into their places. And what was that one thing? Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. She listened to him. She learned from him. And sitting at the foot of Jesus, feet of Jesus, and listening to him means that Mary recognized something that Martha didn't. I mean, Mary recognized that she needed Jesus to come to him. You know, the, the main thing isn't that Mary needed Jesus, and, and Mary needed to listen to him. And if you look at the structure of Luke, this becomes obvious, because right after this story in chapter 10, what follows in chapter 11, if you have your Bibles open, is Jesus' teaching on prayer. Luke 11.1, 1, one day Jesus was praying, and the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Why is this here? Right after this Martha and Mary story. Well, they both teach that we need Jesus. We need him to come to us. and we need, we need to listen to him. We need to go to him and depend on him in all the things that we are doing. That's why it's there. Friends, we live in a world that value activism over contemplation, performing over praying. So we frantically run around trying to get things done. And we value being busy because busy means I'm important, that I'm making a difference, I'm doing things in this world. And we get our sense of worth in being busy. Good restaurants are busy, good doctors are busy, good Christians, well, they're also always doing things too, aren't they? They should be, shouldn't they? But Jesus valued listening over doing, sitting by his feet over all the activisms. Friends, 
If you do not have time to sit and listen to Jesus, you shouldn't be serving. Because you, shouldn't, you, wouldn't, you can't serve Christ without listening to him, without spending time with him, without going to him in prayer. Because we would be missing that essential ingredient of being a disciple of Jesus, being connected to him, listening to him, and being dependent on him. And if we live and act without doing these things, without listening to him, spending time with him, we'll be like Martha. We'll become soon exhausted in doing all the things. We'll be annoyed that other people are not doing the things that we are doing. We'll get tired of doing the things and become angry at others and even God. You will start to saying to God, God, why aren't you doing more to help me doing the things that I'm trying to do to help you? But here's what happens when we spend time with Christ and learn from him. We see the world better. We see God better. We're refreshed by him. And we uh, can make a difference in a way that we couldn't do in our own strength. This isn't the last time. This story isn't the last time that Jesus spent time in Martha and Mary's place. That occasion is recorded in John chapter 12 after the, the, the Lazarus and, and that story, there Mary anoints Jesus with pure nard and this expensive perfume. And Judas complains in John chapter 12 how wasteful this is. Shouldn't we be spending this money for the poor? And this is Jesus' response. Leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. It was intended that she, Mary, should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You see, Mary recognized something. The disciples didn't. Disciples went, they're going to Jerusalem. Jesus has been telling them that he's going to go die on the cross. But you know what they're arguing about? James and John were arguing who will sit next to Jesus on the right and left hand of Jesus. That's what they're arguing about. But Mary knew something. She recognized that Jesus is going to die. And in pouring out the perfume, what she's doing is she's preparing him for his burial. So when he is stripped naked of all the clothes, he'll still be fragrant with the perfume. He'll carry that fragrance of that sweetness with him to his grave. How did Mary know? Because Mary sat and listened to Jesus. And Mary was able to serve Christ in the right way because she listened to Christ. Church, here's the thing. We need to spend with God and his word so, not just for our sake, not just so that we can be refreshed by him, by, by him but so we can serve God better. We can serve the world better. So we can not, as we spend time with him, uh, we, we won't lose that the saltiness, uh, that we won't cease to be the light in this world, that we will still remain salty and distinctive, different from the world, because we're constantly connected to God, to Him who feeds us, who cares for us, who loves us, and we're connected to Him. Church, do you see that you need Christ more than Jesus needs you? You need him to live in this world rightly. 
You need Christ. And as we spend, if you do quiet time in the morning, if you spend quiet time in the morning, what we're saying to God is, God, today, with all the things that I'm about to do, I need you. I need you to speak to me. I need you to change my heart. I need you to give me a different perspective. I need you to strengthen me. I need your wisdom to come to me. That's what we're saying when we do quiet time. We're saying, Lord, I need you to help me to be the person that you are calling me to be. I can't do it on my own. Friends, it's season of Lent. And Lent, as we've been saying, is a time of church discipline where we focus on our relationship with God in that one thing that we need. And I don't know what you've been given up, what you've given up. And if you are a late bedtime person, could I recommend that you give up going to bed late? Because I'm trying to do this um, during Lent. I'm trying to give up going to bed late because that's the only way that I can wake up early. I need to go to bed early so I can wake up early and to to spend time with God and say to him, Lord, I need you in the morning with all the things that I'm about to do. Help me to do them. Again, if you have trouble doing quiet time on your own, We're doing morning and evening prayers on Zoom, 7.30, p.m. Come and join us. The link is found in your email. And if it is difficult to take time out every day, could I recommend that you take a retreat? You know, Chung Chao has the Bethany Center. It also has an Anglican uh, retreat house where you can go take a day. They give you great meals. Take time out in silence once a month. Just go out uh, overnight. Spend the time with God and come each week to church on Sunday to learn from him, to listen to him with the attitude of learning from him and to listen to him. You know, some people come to church because it's their duty. (laughs) They feel that they have to come. Uh, Or they they come sometimes only for other people. Well, I want to encourage other people. I, I know people who only come to church only when they're serving. Friends, you need Jesus. You all need Christ. You need Christ to speak to you. And often, it's not the new things. You know, you need Christ to speak the old truths, that you're forgiven, that you, God is sovereign, that this world is not the end, that these same old truths that you hear again and again, you need God to speak to you and to your heart each Sunday. So come prayerfully each week. Ask God to come and speak to you. Come early and spend some time praying so that asking God to come and speak to you. We need Him. And we need to sit by him and learn from him. You know, in this story, and we, this is often our life, isn't it? We run, go run around being Martha's. We, we want to do things for God. We, we, need to, we, we want to serve God. And perhaps Martha wanted to prepare Jesus a, a great meal before he ended up in Jerusalem. But actually... The last meal that Jesus prepares is not the one that his disciples will prepare for him. No, Jesus himself will prepare that meal, that last banquet. Remember how he talked about the reason for his coming. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve 
So he prepared a banquet table and gathered his disciples, and he took the bread and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He took the cup of wine and said, this is my blood shed for you. This is why he came. He didn't come so that Martha and Mary could serve him. No, he came so that he could serve us because we need him. Because we need him. He came to give his life for me and for you. Our friends, of course, we will serve Christ as we come to him and are changed by him. We will want to live for him, but in your service. Friends, don't be distracted. Don't lose sight of who Jesus is. Sit at his feet. Listen to him, learn from him, because he is what we need. And everything else will fall into their places. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you as your beloved children, children who need you, who need to be loved by you, who need to know you, who need to receive from you. Lord, we repent of our pretense or pride in thinking that you need me, that you need us. Lord, help us to see our need of you. Help us to come to uh, uh, come to you each day asking you to help us, to feed us, to change us, to clothe us, to forgive us, to transform us. Lord, we have gone astray, and you came to seek after us. Help us to see uh, your son as he is, and help us to receive from him so that we might be transformed by him, that we might serve you faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.